sticker for me. I'm technically not allowed to be here. Okay. Look at this. I found them. Found them? There you go. There's your lion. I got it. Thank you so much.
the kind of giving. So uh, that's our, our the introductions. We were supposed to have Adam Beck introduce us, but uh, he bailed. He bailed. Do we have someone else introducing us? Maybe Bruce. <laughs> Maybe Bruce. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Woo, these guys are awesome. There's more of a signal to noise in this in ratio in this room than the whole rest of the place out there. This is the place to be. This is where the technology is. Anybody come here for some technology? Yeah. These guys know about technology. Code, consensus mechanism, security, all that stuff. Let's hear it for the guys. So let's start off with the impressions that you had about the consensus so far. So for me, yeah, for me it was the second year, and I thought last year was bad, and this year it's like a whole new level of. Scamminess, in my opinion. Well, um, if you go to the second floor here, there is uh, they're all boots, and like 90% of the companies are like ICOs. I never heard, yeah, all ICOs, I never heard of, of most of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, the biggest group, Dash also had a very big group, actually. Uh, they didn't even have an ICO, yeah, what the, what's wrong with them? They have master notes, yeah, nice. um, yeah, so, um. I also didn't go to many talks here. I'm, I'm just here to, to meet everyone um, and to see all old friends and new friends and just meet interesting people. And actually, from the most interesting people were here in the in the blockstream room. Um, I, I did go to the talk um, on privacy. That was actually interesting. Ricardo, I crashed the panel. Ricardo wasn't supposed to be on there. Supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there. It's okay. No, in fact, the panel was the panel's attendees were so private that they didn't know about me until then. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good concept. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna try that again next year. Except I want my ticket for private. Yeah, you should ask for it. I should. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the, the panel I did on uh, social media was also fun uh, with Melton and Niraj. Thanks, thanks, Paul. Um, <laughs> so that's my impression. So. Uh, I literally have not left this room for two days. No, I've left, I went to back to sleep, but I've been here most of the time because we had demos yesterday. We were demoing uh, Liquid Network, uh, Lightning Network, uh, Blockstream Satellite, and then we had Ice Data Feed. And then today we're doing talks all day, so I'm just looking forward to the Dragon Energy Party. Um, Woo! I heard about Jimmy Song's thing. That was awesome. Uh, He's actually auditioning to be the fifth magical crypto friend. We had to tell him to like stir up some shit. And he did his, so we'll see. You have to reach like a certain level of trolliness before you're allowed in. Yeah, he wants to be a cow. Yeah. We're well, well, not with a cowboy hat, so. We'll see. We have to negotiate with his agent. Yeah, his agent's kind of demonic. That's his rider. He's all like, you know, I only want blue M&Ms. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. So my overall take is very limited, but it's good to see everyone that's here and everyone that came up and said hello. So it's good. Yeah. So I, I did my talk. I watched your talk. I watched your talk. No, it's my um, and walked around. It's hard for me to walk around. You know that you can watch it, watch us live. <laughs> 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 it's like real <laughs> Yeah, I was just checking if it actually works. It works. It does. It does. Yeah, this so, year is pretty crazy. I mean, 
yeah, walking around all these ICOs, it's just it's pretty crazy. I guess that's kind of expected. Yeah, I I think um like last year last year was pretty bad. This year is ridiculous. It's just suits and scammers. Um, and and I have to okay, so suit scammers and Samsung. Um, but I, I also sort of feel like um, and and I know that this year they've had eight thousand attendees, but I feel like this year was really poorly organized compared to last year. Um, like really squeezing the money out. It was well, it's, and I don't, I don't know if it was particularly oversold. Apparently, the hotel capacity or something like this is like twelve thousand people. But I mean, you know, to to spend, I went and got my pass on uh, Sunday, but anyone who went on Monday stood in line for like an hour and a half, which is Nuts. On the first day, we barely could get up. And we were like, we're an exhibitor. Yeah, we barely get upstairs. Uh, it's yeah. nuts. For lunch, they told, they told everyone to finish your food and leave for us. Like, stop talking. Did you say to them, do you know who I am? <laughs> he did, and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it just shows you. Suits and scams. They don't even know who he is. Well, in my opinion, the video is way too small for it. If you if you try to like uh, go from one room to another, it's, it's almost impossible. So, um, and I also heard like the, the prices for the boots and and stuff like that, and it's it's really crazy. Yeah, definitely made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. this room is very expensive. Just so you appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> How much was it? I think it's like twenty k. Yeah. Wow. Our our internet service to stream this episode is terribly expensive. <laughs> It's really expensive. So please donate all of your Bitcoin cash to us. Free <laughs> <laughs> cash. Whichever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we should probably stop to what's really on the agenda now. Um, so uh, recently there has been more talk uh, in Japan about uh, regulators um, trying to break down on anonymous cryptocurrencies. Uh, we talked about it briefly yesterday, uh, Mr. Carter. Um, so there was one exchange that already listed uh, Monero. Conchat. Check it, um, but what do you think about? It? Do you expect more countries or more regulators saying like we, you can no longer accept uh, Monero or other uh, super anonymous cryptocurrencies like Dash? And, and, <laughs> and how much did you pay for that listing? So yeah, the, uh, the Monero Enterprise Alliance covered it. So all their money. I think it's hard to say. I I suspect that it might happen more and more. Um, but I don't think it's going to, I think it's mostly futile, right? You've got decentralized exchanges uh, like BitSquare, this, sorry, this, um, and you've got other decentralized, <laughs> you've got other decentralized exchanges like Hubble and, uh, and so on that are all like, up and coming or working. And so like, what good does it do then to crack down? Because like, people are just going to ship in and using that anyway, so. Sure. But I think uh, there's also a limited list of currencies in this, right? I think there's like yeah. 13 things that they can put out, and that's it until more regulation comes yeah. out. It, it sort of reminds me of when Apple um, did the like hallowed list of cryptocurrencies that they allowed, um, and it was whatever, it was like four or five, and that was it. And then they eventually had to sort of pull back on that and be like, okay, you know, anyone can go and really want well, uh, another thing that recently came up, we, we did last show like one and a half months ago. Normally we try to do it every month, but yeah, because now we're planning to do it here at Consensus, it's been a while. Uh, so since then, uh, lots of old people have been saying bad things about Bitcoin. Uh, more specifically, like uh, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, old, old rich people, uh, old money. 
Um, they compare it to red, is it red, it was red poison. Red poison uh, spirit. Baby yeah. brains. Trading. Yeah. 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 Baby brains. Baby brains. So we're seeing way more of that now. Um, but I, I guess in a way, it's, it's good that means that we're on the radar. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really stop people from saying stuff, right? And I don't think that this is an area that uh, would particularly interest somebody who's an old school banker who's already made their money, or even an old school technologist who's already made their money. Um, it's a it's an area where understanding it is hard, and the people who are building cool stuff are few and far between. Um, and it's predominantly filled with charlatans and scammers. So, like, if you if you're external and you're the incumbent, you might get ousted. But you're also looking at this as like comparing it to your space, which is probably highly regulated and relatively clean. Relatively, you know, I mean, what, what can you say? You know, like, well, it's just a bunch of scams. Well, the way I see it is that they're just budding Bitcoin to pump their bags. Their bags are free, right? So they have their motivations. That's true. It's strange that they would come out with things like really ugly versus when they <laughs> but I mean, it's a battle, right? It's a war. Yes. We're fighting a war. And they, they don't want to let go. They're going to hold on with, like, you know, tooth and nail. They're going to fight for it. And uh, they're going to use ugly terms. That's the first way they fight, is by calling us scammers. Yes, that's what you to speak so. <laughs> Blockchain is war. Yeah. That's, that's good, actually. Um, so, um, in Korea, you were on the on the panel with uh, Roger Fur. Yeah. And there he said uh, <laughs> some things about killing babies. That uh, Bitcoin Core is, is killing babies. Yeah. And you have, now you have your own gift. And that's actually gold. So, so the software repository is killing babies? Yeah. And Alex Morpho's contributes to that repository. Baby killer right here, right there, front and center. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> do you have no shame? <laughs> But it's it, it's really crazy that they would go that far um, by like talking about killing babies and uh, is it is it isn't it? I don't know. It seems normal. Okay. Killing babies is normal. No, no, no. Okay. It's just it's weird terms and things. Well, yeah, he, he tries to make it more political. It's like when he did those strange uh, me, me, me too uh, tweets. That <laughs> like, was just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know, or he's. I don't know. He's tagging his but, but actually, um, some people have to do with me too. <laughs> some people actually commented that you, that you weren't like uh, pushing back uh, strongly, but you just let it go over you um, without like calling him out on it. Yeah. Well, first off, the audience there is very different, right, than the audience here. It's mostly Koreans, and I don't think English is everyone's first language. I don't think everyone knows the full history of the drama. So I thought it's better just to try to keep it more dry, more technical, and not really engage him. Because first of all, you can't really debate someone's emotions, right? If, uh, if uh, Bruce Fenton says he's angry you know, at your shirt being too green, and I can't really talk about that. Like, yeah, okay, maybe it's, it's green. But in general, I think it doesn't really help. It's better just to let him talk. And let him say the cool stuff. Yeah, for the record, we're not trying to kill babies. We're trying to brainwash babies. So, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have such a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have our own cult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should see, like, the thousands of people standing behind the camera. Right. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> Lots of babies. 
<laughs> for the sacrifice dinner. <laughs> if you didn't like my performance at Economy, you're welcome to do it. So. Oh, no, no, I suck at public speaking. I mean, this is fine because I'm with you guys and I'm on panel and I'm doing it by myself, but yeah, I'm not really a really good uh, public speaker at all. But you both make glasses, so you can totally pull it off. We're almost identical. You're almost yeah. You can be twins. Oh, we're, we're twins. twins. Yeah, you're they're twins. <laughs> Every time when I like like last time we did something about uh, Samsung, I said, "Poor Charlie." <laughs> I think the guy was joking. But... No, I think it's serious. <laughs> I think it's serious. <laughs> I think it's serious. I'm the next Charlie guy. Just to be clear, or are we? Don't we should switch to yeah. yeah. That's the next episode. Yeah. So uh, one thing that also happened recently um, was with the Verge. Like uh, they, they asked for a lot of donations, like around two million, two million dollars worth of donations, I believe, um, because they had a secret uh, project, secret uh, partnership uh, that they didn't want to disclose. So uh, they just asked everyone to donate, and it ended up being Pornhub. Um, so they got added on Pornhub, and I don't know anyone who actually pays for work. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me if I pay for Porto if I know anyone who does? Both. No. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. He, he uses uses Monero. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, Verge, but isn't that really bad to use something traceable to pay for your Yeah, because Verge is not anonymous at all. Actually, that should be your question. Not many people know this. How anonymous is Verge? Well, it's the fork of Bitcoin. So it's as anonymous as Bitcoin. Okay. I mean, like literally, there's, there's nothing that they've done to prevent blockchain analysis. What they have done is they've plugged ITP and Tor into it. Um, but for a long time, that was non-default. And so, you know, as with all non-default privacy, almost no one was using the private stuff. Um, but, you know, IP obfuscation is largely useless. I mean, the, the, the people who make a very coherent argument that even Monero's privacy is largely useless because... The minute you hit an exchange, you, you know, it's all it's defeated entirely. Um, so how much more so is it defeated if you're using something traceable like Verge? And actually, the old name for Verge was uh, Doge, Dogecoin Dark. I mean, come on. It, wasn't even, a, it wasn't even a fork of Dogecoin, right? I don't remember. I don't think it was. It, wasn't that a, it was a price wiener project or something. <laughs> So you know it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Bryce Wiener, in case you don't know, he had like 100 uh, scam coins back in 2014, 2015. And he's now actively promoting Bcash. So yeah, <laughs> that fits. Um, well, not, on the other hand, I think coin is actually using this case for private purposes. <laughs> I mean, assuming you pay for coin. Yeah, so, so, so people, you wouldn't want to use a credit card. Why? Because then, then it's tricky. Okay. On a but does it really? Because as far as I know, they're entire like they're like three companies deep that do the actual billing, and it appears on your credit card as something weird, like you know, Waffle House three point oh. I don't have personal experience. As somebody who's something of an expert <laughs> in credit card billing systems, I can tell you right now that it does not appear on your on your credit card statement. Like, one out. So, so that's they've solved that problem. Honey, why do you go to Waffle House every month? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's a solved problem. It's okay. you know I don't think it adds anything. 
Um, also, since our last uh, podcast, there was uh, the, the Ripple lawsuit. It was for a really, really tiny amount, but could set like a precedent for uh, the future. Um, so uh, the, the guy said, like, oh, I bought Ripple at like three dollars or something like that, and now I uh, I lost five hundred dollars on it. So now I'm suing uh, Ripple. Is and it suing for his for his, his material loss? Yes. That's stupid. Well, yeah. He sucks at trading. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you watch uh, CNBC or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's CNBC. Yeah. So what are, what are we going to do to fix it since new products us? I don't know. I have no clue. But but anyway, the interesting part is that it actually might uh, influence the decision um, whether Ripple is a security or not. Uh, why? Why would it influence that? Well, um, because like if they're responsible for the price, then yeah, so they yes, yes, and, and, and it's like a central point of failure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess given the amount of ripple that they hold centrally, it's yeah, like sixty-seven percent. Yeah. So, so you could argue, you could make it here an argument that they have manipulated the supply and demand sufficiently. Yeah. Well, that's just that they're pumping it too. So it's like one company with its own coin. And it's pretty exposed, right? I think I think they have a good chance. What of being labeled as security, yeah. Yeah, um, podcast is pretty good. I've talked to some lawyers too. They 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 think it's also secure. Who thinks Ripple is a security here? Do we know it's a stack? 25 percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How many people think Ethereum <laughs> is a security? Okay. Everything but Bitcoin. So, uh, and Litecoin. Thanks for all the job later. Um, that's actually all the agenda that we had. So, now we can open up the room for, uh, Questions. So, what did you guys want to ask us? We have a mic. Oh, yeah, actually, we don't. Okay, no. that's going to be wrong. We'll, we'll repeat the question. Yeah. yeah. We do have a mic. Yeah. yeah. Dominus, let's not point into the. Oh, right. It's very fun to watch. So, um, it's a question for, for Charlie. Um, it's a place to like the point, but also other. Why I saw that all the time now? Actually, actually, no. Um, it's, it's, it's more. It, it, it applies to you, but also in general to currencies that want to uh, that want to replace fiat. So, how uh, do you plan to uh, fight uh, deflation? Because since you have a limited supply of currency, uh, you know it creates a deflationary effect. Uh, and uh, I spoke with Vitalik about it actually, and he agreed that currencies like Litecoin uh, have that issue. Uh, so, how do you plan to fix it? Okay, so the question is, how are you planning to fix the deflation problem? Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced that it is a problem. So um, you'll see over time where it's a problem. I, mean, I am thinking about... Let's repeat the question for a while. Yeah, we, we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, Bitcoin has, a, has the same problem, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, that's it's what I say. It's not, it's not a problem, it's a solution. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 
I, I'm of the opinion that um, that that it's not that inflation is definitely not great, not great. But the the greater problem with traditional fiat currencies is that uh, inflation is uncontrolled um, and uncontrollable because it's sort of governed by a central body, and they can do whatever they want, and you can end up with scenarios like hyperinflation, um, as has happened in Botswana. I mean, in Zimbabwe and also. Um, I think that that. Being completely this uh, uh, um, deflationary, um, we don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It might lead to like a digital gold scenario, which is great for a store of value um, scenario, but maybe not so great for um, something that's meant to be a medium of exchange. Um, I think that maybe something like a low amount of, very, very low amount of inflation might not be terrible, as long as the rules are set in advance and they're adhered to. Um, the minute you go about trying to change those rules halfway through, then, well, we're back to bad money and sound money. And in terms of Litecoin or, or, or Bitcoin cash or Bitcoin or whatever, how is that going to be fixed? If, it's not, if, if it does uh, strive to replace fiat, then that should definitely be fixed. I, I believe because if, if, if you have inflation, otherwise, like, if you don't fix inflation, you're going to be paying $1,000 for a bread, uh, which yeah. is not good. Okay, so, so um, just for the people watching on live streaming. So we're just saying again, how is it, uh, who's asking again, how is it going to be fixed? Or is it not? Or is it not? So, I mean, like, are you, are you worried that um, somebody acquires, um, they, let's say they buy $100 worth of Bitcoin today, and then when they go to buy bread tomorrow because of price volatility, it's, the bread has gone up in price? No, so like, what happens with inflation is that since the amount of currency is limited, um, like it's a good store of value because it's price is capped, but it doesn't work well as a medium of exchange. Right? Yes. Because otherwise, price keeps going up. And, uh, the price keeps going down. Um, well, I think the yeah, I think your concern yeah. is that because of deflation, the price will keep going up, so people won't want to spend money. I don't just keep yeah, it. Also that, that's another problem. Well, I think I think it's it's not going to be that bad because um, price will right now like price will be shooting up and stable. Yes, the price might go up a little bit, but it won't be enough to to um, to encourage people not to spend. I think in the long term, the prices will stabilize. I mean, this is a period of growth, and it's still very early. So if you look at the history of like precious metals being used as stores of value. We don't really know exactly how it was, but I'm pretty sure it's quite volatile in, in ancient history, right? But we're watching Bitcoin grow over like nine years. So it's going to be volatile for the time being. But I think you can use Bitcoin as a unit of account now, like over lightning. So things can be charged by Satoshi or a fraction of Satoshi or like services, nano services or something like that. Next question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, kind of following up on that uh, on that question. So uh, even if you like the kinds of monetary properties, something like Bitcoin has, which, which I do, um, there there is one thing that you know, Bitcoin and especially a lot of the other currencies, just kind of uh, is quite unevenly distributed, and. So even if you if you think that all the kinds of properties that Bitcoin has are actually very desirable, 
does seem like a problem that it's extremely distributed in society. How do you think that's going to play out in the future, especially because everybody that owns Bitcoin seems to just want a model? Okay, so the question is about Bitcoin's uneven distribution and the uneven distribution amongst many current uh, digital currencies and how you think that's going to play out. Uh, same as all, same as with everything. I mean, fiat is also unevenly distributed. I had a podcast that asked the same question, and uh, he really tried to get the answer. Like, why don't you guys make this technology work so that it can bring equality to the world? But there's no really good way to do it, right? We can make something and give every one in the person a million coins of, but that's probably not going to have value, right? Well, you, you can airdrop it to everyone, yeah. but but always you yeah, always have smart people who are going to end up with more, and then the, the people are going to lose it or like throw it away or gamble yeah. it away or the trade it. Or more 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think mining is like the best uh, solution we have to this problem. Try to distribute it as evenly as possible. But I think the better thing to think about it, is, the better way to think about it, is that technology will enable people to do more, uh, to earn sound money, and that will bring about more equality in the world. Like, like if you look at Venezuela, right, then people suffer because their currency is going to shit. But if they have sound money, then I think everyone's life will be better even if it's not equally distributed. It's hard to have some technology where you have early adopters and still have it equally distributed. Yeah, I think that the, the ecosystem has to grow. And in order for the ecosystem to grow, people need to take risks and they need to be rewarded for those risks. And we can look at it and say, well, that's unfair that they were rewarded as early adopters. Um, but ultimately, they took a much greater risk than somebody coming in a decade later and saying, oh, this is a cool technology, I want some too. So, you know, there's, there's only so much that we can do to change the distribution. Um, and as, uh, as Will Bander brought out, dumb people are trying to lose money, you can't control that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Bitcoin is uh, I know that you guys like to have a lot of fun sometimes and just, you know, calling each other, one another, or everyone else in the world like scammers and stuff, right? And um, what I see happening is, especially like newcomers and definitely regulators, they're taking it seriously and they're getting confused. So while you guys are up there, could you like convene for a couple of minutes and come up with like a serious definition for scam so that the newcomers and CoinDesk and you know that, that they get it straight. They know that okay, so the, so the problem the problem is uh, the problem is the question well, the question is rather. Um, the usage of the word scam and the fact, the lack of a, a strict definition that we're adhering to that anyone adheres to, which is tough because you know everything's a scam. Everything's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. So every time <laughs> So we we had a discussion um, back when we were going down the escalator the other day uh, about you know scammers and what is a scam. Um, and uh, whether somebody that has good intentions but ends up being scammy in their behavior, are they a scammer? You know, are they not? Um, and and the, the thing that occurred to me was, um, like with Mountbox, right? Um, that seems to be less of a, like Mark Capellas was a bad person who set out to scam people and more of like he became, yeah, he became an accidental scammer due to incompetence or that everything just got away away from him and it was just too much. 
Um, I think the definition of scam is, is more clear, though, right? Like, there has to be some intention and some harm. Intention to do something. I, I don't know, though. I mean, like, if you end up doing a great deal of harm, um, that's called negligence. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ringtone, though. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many ICO negligences. <laughs> Okay, so then, then it goes back to this thing. Like, if you're, you could be dumb and lose your coins, right? But you could be dumb and not understand something and try to sell something. something. But that's probably still a scam. Right? Probably still a scam. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so everything's a scam. Trying to sell something else as a scam. Trying to sell something else as a scam. Yes, yes. certainly. <laughs> not naming names. No. I, yeah, I, it's, you're right. It's an overused term. I don't like the fact that it's an overused term, but I don't like the fact that I often resort to using it um, when I often mean something else. But it's it's hard to find a term that is so all-encompassing. Um, Maybe we should have like different levels of scam. No, he's a Frank Wright, well, we all have this hierarchy of scams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we work on that after. Uh, so just some piece of the so I'm so specific, which is all the same thing. Swaps and things like that. Um, what's the point in holding a smart contract so that's going to be like a small Panera or that one and then interact with the smart contract so I want to see that sort of thing? What's the future point of holding Okay, so the questions are on interoperability and what's the point in holding any particular country, currency if you could just move in and out of other things? Well, it's specifically asking Ethereum, so there isn't any. Yeah. What's the point of holding Ethereum if you can the coin like an exchange? <laughs> so you swap Bitcoin and then like just shift into it as you need. Yeah. In my mind, there isn't really a reason to. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, people compare Ethereum Ether to, to gas, right, to fuel. So, do you hold barrels of fuel or oil in your house? Well, you actually. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, right? You exchange for it when you need it. So, you don't have to speculate yeah. on the price of fuel. So, I, I see that would happen in the future also where you would have Bitcoin or Litecoin and just if you do power smart contract, you will uh, atomic swap to the fuel you need and spend it. Yeah. Only if you want to speculate on the price of fuel. It's a long run. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Charlie. I'm not. I don't think that holding something that is meant to be a, a, a gas or a transaction fee mechanism and that's its only purpose. It seems. It seems silly to speculate on it. I Meaning people will. People speculate on anything. But I like in terms of like long term viability. As a speculative vehicle, that seems like a, a bad move. Um, and I mean, like, atomic swaps aren't the only thing that's been done in that space. There are lots of projects that are trying to provide incredible amounts of interoperability and, you know, decentralize everything, decentralize shapeshift, all of that. And it's uh, eventually, I, th I think that at least until everything crashes <laughs> and we're left with, you know, a couple of things standing. Um, People are going to be able to move in and out effortlessly from one token to another. One thing is that someone could be mining and they mine a certain coin because they have certain hardware or they buy certain hardware and they want to swap. Yeah. 
Any more questions? What are your thoughts on Bitcoin Cash? Potentially, if it ever gets a higher market cap than Bitcoin, uh, do you think a lot of people would then consider that to be Bitcoin? And what's the best determination of how to define the real Bitcoin? Yeah, so the question is, um, what will define the real Bitcoin if uh, Bitcoin is it if Bitcoin Cash is market price? In the unlikely scenario. In the unlikely scenario that Bitcoin Cash market cap goes above Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Lots of coins have gone above Bitcoin briefly. Right? Yeah. And people understand, well, hopefully people understand that market cap is a really bad indicator of value of coin or authenticity of a coin because it's so easy to manipulate. Like anything can issue a billion tokens and sell one for a dollar and have a billion dollar market cap. Yeah, but even with like Vcash, for example, um, a lot of the initial coins were actually mined. So there's still like everything that lost on Bitcoin that was in Vcash. And a lot of people didn't even claim their Vcash yet. So um, the, the, the total amount of coins actually available is smaller. So we should also like take that into account. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, in, in that particular scenario, um, think about how other people think though. Yeah, what the real thing. I, I think it's an optics thing. It's an optics problem if that happens. Like, let's be honest. People are confused enough as it is. They they read like articles on CoinDesk and then they read stuff on Bitcoin.com and the, the Bitcoin Twitter account. They don't know what to believe, and if that happened, then ha that happens, and everyone's writing about like this is clearly the real Bitcoin. It's going to become a very, very confusing place for anyone who's a newcomer. Well, yeah, I think we need a better set of tools to evaluate. Like we should have a ranking site that looks at well, first of all, normalizes the units, so there's no unit bias, right? So yeah. you can see if uh, there were 21 million ripples, you can see there's two thousand dollars whatever you want. And then, you know, Cardano would be like $300. That, that would be good. If you could take into account, take into account market depth, uh, liquidity, uh, how much, how many commits are being made. It is software, right? Yeah. So you should definitely look at how much activity there is in GitHub or time since last last uh, commit, right? Quite some of these projects are like trusted for months. Yeah, quite different trust but, but all those things you can fake. I mean, I can fake commits. Yeah, yeah. But still, we're talking about it's getting better. Right? We're getting better. In the, in the end, like the community will decide what's what's big about. Yeah. So I mean, if in the unlikely event that Bitcoin Cash does become like the most popular digital currency, then people would just call it Bitcoin, and that's fine. That could happen. I mean, it's like an example is if like let's say Bitcoin is a bike and Bitcoin Cash is a tricycle. For some reason, like tricycle becomes so popular that everyone's using it instead of bicycles, and then people start calling that bike. Sure. I think ultimately everyone knows what they want, right? <laughs> like, you won't, you won't just go and catch tricycles. I don't think people will just decide, okay, that has a, a bigger market cap. I'm going to sell this and buy that. People will still look at it and think, well, which one do I want? Do I want this control coin or a decentralized coin? Yeah, I, I also think, like, I mean, I've heard lots of arguments for you asked the question, what, what makes a um, a particular thing, Bitcoin. And I've heard arguments like the thing with the greatest cumulative proof of work difficulty or the greatest hash rate or whatever. But that doesn't really work um, in all cases. Like, you know, take Monero, for example, when the, hard, when the network upgrade occurred that made all the other, all the ASICs like, stop working, then they carried on mining whatever, electronium or whatever. So now, is that suddenly the real Monero? Yeah. But then you can also say if it has a higher market cap, it's going to incentivize more miners to mine it, and overall we'll have more 
hash rate. Because I think the market sure. cap determines a lot of things like how many spiders right. So for the people streaming, we're just going back to the market cap thing and saying if the market cap's higher, then uh, then miners will mine more. Um, Considering the same yeah. number of points. So so I mean like like in, are we talking about, I mean in this unlikely event that that happens and more miners are mining Bitcoin Cash and Roger stands up and says Bitcoin Cash is not truly the, the real Bitcoin. I mean, like, like is, is that an unlikely thing that could happen? Sure. But there have been several points in time where it has been more profitable to mine Cash and people don't change, right? That, that should have been the, the point of inflection, but it's not because people don't want to mine it. Yeah, I also think there's a lot of ideologically motivated miners and we shouldn't get them. Let's take a question from the guy in the BTFD t shirt. Yes, yeah, so say that scenario happens, what do you call Bitcoin? Okay, so if that scenario happens, what do we call Bitcoin? Legacy Bitcoin. Like, yeah. Legacy Bitcoin. Classic. <laughs> I don't know. Are you Bitcoin core? I'm pretty sure that's just software. Blockstream core. No, obviously. That's trademark. Yeah. Bitcoin segment. Bitcoin segment. Bitcoin 1x. Okay, let's go more, uh, Mr. Davis. <laughs> uh, actually, a serious question. It would be great if everybody on the panel can answer it. Which uh, coin is more centralized, Litecoin or Monero? Ooh, good question. Which coin is more centralized, Litecoin or Monero? Yeah, I think Litecoin, sorry. Do we have Litecoin? Who are you saying sorry to? Because <laughs> I'm just vying for that position. His pony has his malware everywhere. It's like mining on people's phones and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. Let's, let's answer this uh, seriously. So, uh, you have the Litecoin Foundation, which is already like a centralized point. You have Charlie Lee. Uh, so he doesn't own any Litecoin anymore, um, apparently. Um, also, all, all the miners are coming from, uh, almost all from uh, Bitmain, I think. No, no it's like Bitmain and Minnesota. Yeah, okay. okay, there's fewer pools. There's fewer pools. Fewer pools. Yeah. And Monero? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, what do you say, Charlie? Um, <laughs> it is a tough question. Uh, I think. Friends are listening. I think just, just the fact that I'm around, I'm kind of like a centralizing figure. It's probably like, in terms of like the community. More centralized. Yeah. Um, no one. Yeah. No one like the. Plan on selling all of your like. Do you still plan on selling all of your? Or or uh, getting rid of development, developing on top of it once it hits the next all time high. As you once know. The question is, will Charlie get rid of? Rest of your stop developing for like. Stop developing. Well, I stop developing for like. I think um, eventually I will. So like one will last hundreds of years. My lifetime is limited, so. You did the math. Until the singularity. <laughs> everything, everything eventually goes to zero. Well, actually, actually one thing that uh, it's about, and what is actually quite interesting, is the centralized, uh, central point of failure, which is sort of Charlie in this case. Um, but I saw a tweet yesterday, like uh, a couple of days ago, by uh, Kevin Fum. I, I, you guys know him as like a crazy uh, Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, he, was, he was saying the same thing about uh, Ethereum. Uh, obviously, that in that case, it's uh, Vitalik. And Vitalik was then replying, like, uh, is that a death threat, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, death threat tweets. Yeah. Oh, jeez, that was hilarious. Um, so, but, but we see that now with a lot of coins, like, for example, Zcash and yeah. Suko. Although, in Zcash case, maybe Suko dies and actually 
Si cash goes up, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Of punch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, but, but, but I mean, it, it's a serious issue. I don't think like because he doesn't do anything. Exactly. No, but you have so you have a big one that is influential because you have some moving forward. So everything that we do to be about Litecoin. I I think the biggest the biggest issue is that you get labeled as the creator, which is you are. Don't be creative, Monero. Yeah, you want to hear that? Stay for today. Yeah, he just like came back as a partner. Yeah, I am. Stay for four. I mean, sorry, love you, Brody. My bad. But it's. So not. No, but, but I, I seriously think it's, it's a big issue with the cryptocurrencies now, yeah. especially if you want to de be decentralized. That's one of the main advantages of Bitcoin that uh, Satoshi left. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I think um, I've, I've seen an argument that's been made, which is kind of a fair argument, um, that like lightning doesn't strike twice, and that Bitcoin, how Bitcoin got to where it is, that process of having somebody create something that's truly unique, and then like have a whole bunch of it and disappear is not saying it's going to be repeated. And, uh, and I think that's a fair argument to make that maybe maybe Bitcoin is the only thing that can ever possibly get to that point and everything else is just a weak attempt at going from centralization to decentralization. So the only criticism for Bitcoin is that Satoshi has, Satoshi has it. Yeah. So, yeah. That is... And we have no way of knowing if he destroyed it. does or doesn't. I just want to say, as a non-technical person, it took me a long time to sort of see through the bullshit and not and really understand why increasing block size was a long-term bad thing. And I just wanted to ask, like, in your opinions, what are the most dangerous factors about you know, increasing block size to, to support more throughput and kind of put that so what are the most dangerous factors about increasing block size um, as a way of scaling? No, overpopulation. I don't, no one really knows like, like how big of a block size it does because it really started affecting the centralization, right? We just know that if you keep increasing, you can't just keep increasing it. Right? So you keep increasing it, eventually people will be less run the node. It's not just that, you won't be able to synchronize. You won't be able to synchronize, you won't be able to run the node, it's just too too much uh, resource-intensive. Mm -hmm. So then people nodes drop off and then it becomes centralized and it's easy for governments or anyone to, to attack yeah. and coerce the network. Um, so is two megabytes, is one megabyte the right answer? Is it is two megabytes okay? I mean, Litecoin is effectively four megabytes. So I think four megabytes is okay, but like if you just keep increasing right now, like Bitcoin Cash, for example, is two thirty-two. And they're letting people like put all sorts of crap, right? things that don't really need censorship resistance. So you have like all this like random tweets and stuff shoved into a blockchain where everyone for the rest of the time have to go. It just doesn't make any sense because decentralization uh, is resource intensive. It's just by definition. So people eventually people won't be able to run Bitcoin cash things, and by then it'll be too late. The blockchain will be too late. I like the the false thoughts. Um, <laughs> I like the Paul Stoltz uh, CONOP um, acronym. And CONOP is cost of node options. So how expensive is it for you as an individual to run a node? And, and it doesn't just mean like what the hardware and the bandwidth requirements, but also as a non-technical person, what are the, 
the things that you need to overcome to understand why you want to run a node, you know, the software that you've got to download, all of that. Um, and the higher the cost of node option is, the higher the con up is, the, the fewer people that need to run nodes, the people that are in jurisdictions where they need to run nodes or situations where they need to run nodes, they won't be running nodes if con up is too high. Um, and it's not a metric that you can, it's not an objective metric. You can't say, yes, con up, and we're trying to lower it or increase it. Um, it's a metric that's, that's for you. It's your own, you know, what is con up to you? And then you can maybe think about what con up is to the next person and what con up is to somebody that really needs it. And increasing block size is a very naive way of scaling, but it does damage to con up. It just raises that con up massively to the point where the people that desperately need it are locked out of being able to run it. Like right now, it's near impossible to run a full Ethereum right? Who runs a full Ethereum One person. Thank you for keeping Ethereum decentralized. I think the other side of that question is... Can I have my It's not just about should we and what size. It's also about how we do it. I don't think there's a really good way to do it without splits. So... Uh, that doesn't seem to be factored into a lot of the discussion. It's like, should we? But we need to look at how, too. And there's a lot of research being done there, but you know, since the, uh, the debate ended, I think it's tapered off a bit. People are more focused on lightning at this stage. But you know, sometime down the road, that research has to happen. We need to look at how. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, so in the same thread, there's a question about is it possible to compare the technical legitimacy of different projects to each other? And that be a determinant of what is the truth. So is it possible to compare the technical legitimacy of projects? So I, I have an interesting theory on this that um, you could you could use a, a combination of factors to view um, technical legitimacy. Um, you could take a look at like obviously basic things like number of contributors uh, and so on. But then also what about the research that's being done? You know, like like what cryptographers and academics are actually pushing our papers about that. And, and you know, you can take, and you take something like Verge. I mean, how many papers have been published on Verge? You know, and that, that is a, that is a, a sign of, of a lack of technical legitimacy because it's disinteresting to researchers. And I think that researchers are a reasonably good oracle in terms of finding what is, uh, what is interesting um, and take from a technical perspective. Other problem is too that a lot of people don't want to research other other coins or forks or whatever, right? So I think for a long time a lot of people knew emerging consensus would not work. But it's not like we should research that and see if it could work. It's yeah, just so like that's so stupid, it could never work. Yeah. And then someone actually, Ren Zhang and some other guy actually did the research and published a paper and says this doesn't work. But it's like are you gonna do that research for every single dumb idea? I don't think so. Actually, I just noticed that uh, our audio really sucks. No one can follow us on the live stream. Oh, uh -oh. sorry, guys. Are we recording? So we can okay. Okay. We'll, fix it. we'll fix it in post. We'll have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bitcoin is kind of like the next gold or the next global reserve currency or whatever it is that we want it to become. Clearly, there's a need for there to be much more liquidity around its orders, right? Um, now, in traditional markets, you know, stocks, bonds, whatever, um, the, the market makers who have brought liquidity to the table have been institutions, right? So with that in mind, do we need to bring on institutions on board in order to make Bitcoin a success? 
I don't know if we need to bring it. Yeah. So if Bitcoin is going to be like a new reserve currency or digital gold or something, do we need to bring on more institutions into the fold? I think they'll come when it's time. It's just a matter of time and demand. Um, we're seeing a lot more OTC demand. It's been increasing steadily. And I think it's just a matter of time for the old school people to just come in. Our family offices and, you know, some of us retirement savings plans. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. What, what I've been hearing is that like a lot of institutions waiting for a proper change that actually serves institutions. Um, so I think it's coming. Yeah, like whether we want it or not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's coming. So the question is, who's, how, how do we stop people from posting propaganda about Bitcoin or, or falling for propaganda? And the answer is you. You're responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. What's a trademark on Bitcoin? What was a trademark? Is that no one solving this? You can't demonstrate trademarks to solve this. So that's, 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 um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's up to the community to call so, so it's all of us, basically. Yeah. I think I think the problem is that um, traditionally speaking, at least you know more recently, uh, people get attacked when they when they uh, present an opinion um, and they say, well, you know, that's clearly garbage for the following reasons, and uh, you know you're pulling out whatever, you know, Bitcoin Cash or like some other scam, and then like like all of the bag holders pile on. They're like, oh, that's fun. How dare you say that about my bags that I'm holding? And that's, that's really tough to deal with because it, it can be demoralizing um, to somebody who, like, like the four of us, are happy to speak about things um, in a negative light when they are clearly problematic. Um, and I think that, uh, that like, stock puppets are cheap and there's not a, a quick solution to that. Um, and uh, people just need to be encouraged to, do, to be brave and to be bold and to speak out against scammers because that's the only way we're going to have enough volume in the room um, for the newcomers to know what, what is a scam or a, or a poorly designed product or a whatever um, negligent advisor. Well, another problem here is that uh, lots of people are just trying to be nice with each other. Like, oh, I'm not going to call him out because maybe uh, his company can do something with my company yeah. later on or uh, yeah, so stuff like that. And, yeah. and it's one of the advantages of being an unemployed trader. I can just call out whatever I want. And yeah. That's it. Are you unemployed? Well, I'm a trader. Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> Is a Monero Enterprise uh, Alliance hiring? I'm looking for a new assistant uh, to get rid of all that. That's all. Come on. <laughs> but uh, I think the um, best way to put it is uh, saying that Mac Barlow of Blue said, he said, Bitcoin is anti-fragile, but we give it that anti-fragility. So it's basically saying everyone has to do their part, right? If everyone's silent, then you know they're going to have a loud voice. And the comforting thing that I see is that when you know at Bitcoin is posting their propaganda, all the replies are like, you know, don't say this is scam or whatever. People know, right? And it's it's not working. So the sad part is the other camp thinks that all these replies are soft. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eventually, like, the whole universe is looking cash, there's going to be like two AI bots on the <laughs> <laughs> And then the, one, uh, the best bot wins. Yeah. Which, yeah. if you think about uh, the developers that Bcash has, then I already know it's going to win anyway. <laughs> cool. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks. We have t-shirts at the back. We have t-shirts at the back. There's like, uh, I think, 200. Uh, we have all, a bunch of sizes. Yeah. Just uh, don't mob them. Form an orderly line. Form an orderly line. Can I get a picture with all four of you? Because you'll never sure. be in the same spot ever again uh, for this. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, if you don't take a picture.